Hello Americans and people all over the world. This is America Unbound. Really, America Unbound. Question, does China enhance or threaten America's freedom? I have always enjoyed reading the Tuck Spin School's scholar, Dean Matthew Slaughter, and his colleagues, Matthew Reeves, periodic special reports about the whirly gig of uh, the business world and America's pivotal role, especially, especially the most recent report with an intriguing title. Will the world get a vote in America? The report is about an open dynamic society that established the post-world war new rule-based liberal order and today remains the world's most dynamic economy. Nevertheless, it is wrenching with self-doubt. Slaughter and Reese ask whoever is the next U.S. president who in Washington will articulate a vision for globalization other than building more walls. They argue that although President Biden has not started any new trade war against China, his trade policies are no different from those of former President Trump. And in fact, Biden has advanced Trump's protectionist view. They lament that America has lost its place in the global economy, though, according to them, most Americans want to build more bridges connected to the global economy, along with more ladders of opportunity to take advantage of global engagement. The day Matt and Rees the great uh, scholars of Dartmouth College published their report about the need for global bridge building and free flow of trade and commerce on the hill. Another deep discussion was taking place regarding the dark role of the Communist Party of China, which under President Xi Jinping has begun to use all the available means, not for bridge building, but to penetrate and hack the most vital entrails of American society. The threat posed by Chinese hackers to America was considered very serious by cybersecurity experts and government officials alike. On Wednesday, the FBI Director Christopher Ray told the House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party that uh, China's 
hackers are positioning on American infrastructure in preparation to wreak havoc and cause real world harm to American citizen communities. If or when China decides the time has come to strike, adding further that they target our freedoms, reaching inside our borders across America to silence, coerce and threaten our citizens and residents. Along with the head of the National Security Agency, Paul Nakasson and other senior U.S. officials, Ray warned the House that China is actively targeting critical infrastructure like water treatment plants, power grids, and transportation systems. These attacks could disrupt essential services and cause significant harm to USA. China has a large pool of skilled hackers with access to advanced technology, making them capable of launching complex and damaging cyber attacks. Partly, the fault lies with US technology companies because as Jen Easterly, who leads the US Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, told the committee that Chinese cyber actors have taken advantage of very basic flaws in our technology. We have made it easy on them. Unfortunately, the technology underpinning our critical infrastructure is inherently insecure because of decades of software developers not being held liable for defective technology. That has led to incentives where features and speed to market have been prioritized against security, leading our nation vulnerable to cyber invasion. That has to stop, she said. Cyber attacks can have practical consequences, dangerous consequences, such as power outages, water contamination, and economic disruption. Chinese hackers have, are known to steal sensitive data, including intellectual property, government secrets, and personal information. They could target in critical infrastructure to cause disruption or damage, as mentioned above. They could infiltrate the software supply chain to target various industries and organizations at once. Hackers are constantly developing new technologies, new techniques and tools, making it challenging to stay ahead of the curve. The geopolitical tension in South China Sea, especially in regard to Taiwan, 
and the ongoing tension between the US and China elsewhere add another layer of complexity to the issue. But why do businesses insist on doing business with China in spite of dangers? China is the world's second largest economy and a massive consumer base, offering immense potential for growth and profit. China has traditionally offered lower manufacturing costs compared to many other countries, making it attractive for production and cost optimization. China is deeply integrated into global supply chains, making it difficult for many companies to disentangle themselves without significant disruption. Gaining access to the Chinese market often requires cooperation with local partners and navigating complex regulations. But doing so can provide important access to a vast market. That is a devil's bargain. Many companies have felt compelled to participate in the Chinese market due to competitive pressures, fearing being left behind if they did not engage. Some companies see engagement with China as a way to maintain positive relations and potentially influence policy directions. Companies are increasingly becoming aware of the cyber threats posed by Chinese actors and are taking steps to improve their cybersecurity postures such as data encryption, multi-factor authentication, and threat intelligence. They are implementing strategies to protect their intellectual property, such as careful due diligence of partners seeking stronger patent protections and diversifying their manufacturing footprints. Some companies are facing pressure to address human rights concerns in China, such as forced labor or oppression in the Muslim majority province of Uyghurs. Overall, the decision to do business in China is a complex one with significant potential benefits and risks. Companies, of course, have to carefully weigh these factors, develop mitigation strategies, and adapt their approach based on evolving circumstances. While Slaughter and Reese the great scholars, as I mentioned, are hopeful that, as they say, 
New leaders will step up to voice a new vision for how America can reconnect to the world in a way that works all around. For American companies, for American families, and for American communities, and for the rest of the world as well. But, however, we need to keep in mind that China is a close authoritarian society with global ambitions that challenge the liberal order. And bridge building with China cannot go very far. In contrast to Slotten Reeves, University of Chicago professor John Mearsheimer argued what we foolishly did was pursue a policy of engagement which was explicitly designed to help China grow more powerful economically. Of course, as China grew economically, it translated that economic might into military might. And the US, as a consequence of this foolish policy of engagement, helped to create a peer competitor. The professor, the learned professor, the realist, at the University of Chicago said, Slaughter and Reese. Their idea of America's engagement with the world is different from how the Communist Party of China under President Xi Jinping wants to engage with the world. Perhaps in their next report, would respond to the challenge of doing business with China in the framework of geopolitical realities and national security. Thank you very much. America, of course, is, uh, as they say, unbound. But how much? That's the question. Thank you. I'll see you next time.